Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast has been brought to you by France and Bank and Trust. Welcome back to another edition of the Star Tribune's Talking Preps. I'm Jim Paulson with a very special guest uh, straight from uh, the sandy beaches of Florida. Uh, we're recording this is uh, former Hopkins uh, coaching legend Brian Cosgriff is nice enough to take some time to to chat with us and give us some of his uh, wisdom that he's uh, learned over the years as a longtime coach of Hopkins. I think they, he let him know, was it seven state championships, I believe, um, in your time. And uh, yeah. you're still on the, on the, uh, on the list of uh, all-time leading uh, wins leaders. Um, about 500, was it about 560-some victories you had? You know, I, I think it was around there. I, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't really keep track of that. My brother Barry does that for me. But, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an honor to be here. I, I appreciate you reaching out like this because uh, uh, high school, you know, boys and girls basketball is so special to me. And it's something that I've followed my entire life. So, you know, um, you've always been you know, a real uh, basketball junkie. You played basketball in high school. Um, tell me, how, how is life after coaching for you? Are, are, are you missing it a little bit? Do you get the itch to go back out and, uh, and, and get another job? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't miss it in the era of COVID. All right. With <laughs> all this stuff that's going on. And, you know, Kenny Novak is like my coaching idol. And unfortunately for him this year, he lost his season to COVID because of another team, that sort of thing. Um, that would have really upset me. And it upset him as well. Um, just because last year when we played, uh, we lost, we lost, and the cha- we didn't lose in the championship, but we didn't get to play in that championship game. And that was, that was real difficult. It really was. But I really do miss it. If it ever gets back to normal, which I think it is slowly getting back to normal, I think I want to get back in the game. But it's got to be the right situation. I got to make sure my brother's with me at that time, too. Yeah, he was pretty invaluable. He's still um, with the Hopkins program, isn't he? I, I saw him at the game the other night when – Hopkins uh, dispatched to Forest Lake. I've seen him there. He's still doing things with the team, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's like I said, I think he's the best assistant in the state because he handles all that stuff that would take somebody like me or even a typical coach forever to deal with. And he does it at such a high level. He's like a basketball director of basketball operations. And he handles all the media stuff and he handles all the communications with parents, especially now with COVID going on and the film breakdown and lining up practices and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's stuff that uh, a coach, if you're a teacher and a coach, you simply don't have time to do. And he handles all that sort of thing. So he's, he's, he's amazing at it. He's the best. If you ask anybody who needs something from Hopkins and you get it, you realize this is at a different level than most other teams. Um, you talked about film breakdown. Now, is there anything you're a notorious for watching film and breaking down film for long hours, well into the evening. I know you said that a few times. Um, is that, what is, is there one thing you really just don't miss about it? Those types of, uh, uh, the amount of hours it takes to do these sorts of things, or is it always kind of a labor of love for you? Um, you know, I really love that aspect. I love the aspect of preparation. I love the aspect of trying to prepare the girls. I didn't, I don't miss the, anxiety before a game <laughs> and I always had that and and I heard one of my players Mayanaji say you know Cosby's 
know, he's a good coach, but he gets so worried about losing all the time and gets stressed out about that. And she was right on. I mean, she just was because I, I was anxious about that. I mean, Jim, we could be playing our two mothers and two other mothers, and I'd be worried about playing them. It just, it was that way. But you know that, that one mom so got a, it's such a great post-up player. Exactly right. You know what I mean? It's that film breakdown. It's that camaraderie. You sit with your coaches, your players. That I truly miss in practice. I love practice. Um, you have not been out of the uh, spotlight, however, this year uh, with one of your former players. I think we all know who she is, Paige Beckers. So many stories have been done about her. So so much publicity given to her. I've seen an awful lot of Brian Cosgrove's name cropping up in the stories written about her lately. Have you been in the demand um, from reporters uh, writing about her this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I have. And it's rightly so for Paige because, you know, I knew she was great. I mean, she was great in high school. She was great in junior high. Um, now she's doing what she did at the high school level, only against the best players in college basketball. She is she is gone beyond my wildest expectations she's what i love about her is she's enjoying every minute of her college experience in this COVID era and that can be difficult to do it really can and, and i love the rapport she has with coach ariyama who by the way is a great guy and um just yeah, you spend enough time in your gym yeah well i mean and that's why she's there yeah. honestly um but i will tell you this the rapport that he has with her and his players that's why they're great every year. It really is. What always impressed me about uh, Paige and what's impressing me so much this year is how she's handling the pressure and the expectations. I mean, for a lot of people, just that jump up in level and having some success and now you're getting the constant media attention, it doesn't seem to phase her one bit. Well, you know, you look at they're playing in front of fat heads and parents. That's about it out there, yeah. right? Her senior year, we probably played in front of 10 packed houses. And after every game, you know, when she got on the cover of Slam Magazine, after every game, there was probably 250, 300 people waiting for her autograph. And when we beat Wyzetta last year in the section finals, um, the Timberwolves were there. And oh, I remember that. And Jalen Suggs was there. And this is a pretty cool story because we were in the team room celebrating after the – and Jalen Suggs was in the team room with us. And I swear to God, and this isn't embellishing or anything, there was probably five, 600 people waiting for those two to come out of the team so they could get their picture with them. Yeah, and I remember as a reporter having to wait for her to do all the autographs and talk to all the kids uh, just to get a chance to talk to her. And I felt kind of guilty that the poor girl didn't get a chance to actually go talk to her teammates or her coaches afterwards because she was in such high demand. Well, it was. And they did a reality show on it. Slam Magazine did a reality show on us last year. Mm -hmm. And that added the pressure along with the packed houses. And we played Farmington last year. And it was probably about our fourth, fourth or fifth game. And it was a hostile crowd down there. It was packed, right? And Paige played amazing. Amazing. We beat Farmington by 25. She had probably 25, 26, 10, 12 assists made everybody i mean it was i was like she's stepping up to the plate she was she was being the winner that she was you know i've talked to some of the hopkins players this year about um life after page and they seem to be adapting pretty well have you paid much attention to hopkins this season how well that they've stepped forward without having a, a player of pages uh, caliber 
leading the way. Yeah, I've watched every game. They're doing an amazing job. Um, you know, a lot of those kids, it, it's hard to say they're better without Paige, but they're really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're really good. Um, and I never want to set anybody, listen, Coach Starks works her tail off. She does. Those kids um, are, are busting their tails every day. And the thing that I know about them is you're looking at Maya Naji, who's been in the state tournament since the ninth grade. And she was all tournament as a ninth grader. You got Amaya Battle, who was a starter for us as a ninth grader. All right, Taylor Woodson started for us. All these kids, have, they're young, but they all have major experience playing in big and big environments. So the stage is not going to be too much for them. And the fact that they know Paige isn't going to come walking through their doors, I think they almost relish it because you know what? Paige was amazing, but these kids want to prove to everyone that, you know what, we're pretty darn good basketball players. And it was fun playing with Paige, and she's a great player, but now we're going to set our own our own place here. And, and they've gone on to do that. They've just had a great season. I'm very proud of them. That's exactly what one of the players told me is that uh, with Paige gone, it opened the door for them all to have a chance to develop and show what they can do because they did look to Paige. When they got down to the end of the game, when they needed a basket and needed a big play, they would look to Paige or at the end of the game. This year, they all have a chance to step up and be that player and show what they can do. And they seem to be so unselfish and no one player is, is trying to you know, stand out from the rest. And with players of that caliber, that doesn't happen very often. Well, no, the thing about it is, too, is that um, they were playing Minnetonka this year at Hopkins, and I don't remember which game it was. And Maya Nashi twisted her ankle, so she was out of the game. And Hopkins was down probably eight, nine, ten points. And then Amaya Battle stepped up and, and made some crucial plays. And, and watching Liv McGill, uh, she's new to the program this year, come in and, and play wonderfully. And Elena Contreras and all these kids – were kind of role players in the page era have now stepped up big time to guide that program. I think Maya Naji, I think Maya Naji might be the best player I've ever seen in Minnesota who's 6'4 and does the thing that she does. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be able to put the ball on the floor like she, I mean, I watched her against uh, Forest Lake, hit two threes, all right? She was going inside out. She's going between her legs. I mean, she truly is positionless at this point. And I think, I think she's I mean, surefire McDonald's All-American. And, uh, and I think she can go wherever she wants from college. You know, I watched uh, uh, Farmington get beat by Rosemount the other night. And Farmington has 6'4 Sophie Hart in there, who's a fine player in her own right. And she's going to North Carolina State. But if you compare 6'4 uh, players, there's just really no comparison with Najee's skills versus uh, Hart's skills. She's so um, balanced and she can do so many other things where – Hart reminds me of a, of a six, four post kind of player where you need to get it in the right spots. And she has certain things she can do well, certain things she needs to be developed on. Maya doesn't have that. She's just so has such a, a skill set That's amazing. Well, there's been a concerted effort on her part and her family's part to develop those skills because I had many a conversation with her father about, you know, she's going to develop along the lines, but they really went out of their way to develop those other skills that she has. And it's really paying off now. And you can see it. And she's only going to get better. She's going to get bigger, stronger. And she's going to have an amazing career. I am really proud of her, really happy. And not only that, she's an amazing student. And she sings like nobody's business. She sang the National Anthem last year at our last at senior night. 
just, you know, knock everybody's socks off. Do you think there's any team in the, uh, in the field that can, uh, that can beat uh, Hopkins this year? I know that Chaska's, you know, got some top launch players, but Hopkins just seems like they're a cut above everybody else. It would take a major effort, maybe a foul, some foul issues, a lot of things coming together for Hopkins to even be challenged at this point. Well, Jim, you know me. I think anybody can beat anybody <laughs> on any given night. And yeah. and I believe that Coach Starks will have them prepared for that as well because she's kind of in that same mentality. She's going to go out. She's going to outwork everybody. Um, I think it's going to take a tremendous effort, a perfect game for someone to beat Hopkins. I really do. Mm-hmm. But anything can happen on any given night. I mean, it just can. And if, and if you don't think that as a, as a program or as a team, that's when it comes back to bite you. And you can find out the hard way. Let me tell you, you can. Cause let's, let's shift gears a little bit here. You have not stepped away from teaching, obviously, but you are uh, now at Providence Academy as a gym teacher and they've got a basketball program that's making noise as well. And I don't, and the other night in uh, they won their first round game in the class double A quarterfinals, beating probably the best scorer in the state in Jean Nipkins and Duluth Marshall. What did, did you see that game? Did you see the numbers that came out of that game? Yeah, I did. Uh, I was listening to it uh, on, on, the, on the line, and she had 69 points in a 92 91 loss. And I've been uh, at Providence now for this year, and I've been working with uh, the kids on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings from 7.30 to about 10 after 8 each day. And all we've been doing is shooting drills and trying to, you know, ins- you know reinforce their work ethic and reinforce that they're doing a lot of good things. And they've got a great coach, Connor gets there. He's doing an amazing job. He's just a young young guy. And he's, he's working really hard. And the kids are amazing. Um, led by Brooke Honecker and the Count sisters, who's grandfather was Mel Counts, by the way, who played in NBA. And then uh, Madden Greenway is Chad Greenway's daughter. And she's, yep. she's tremendous. Yeah, tremendous player as a seventh grader. And I had her in class. Let me tell you, this is maybe the best athlete I've ever coached or taught <laughs> because she runs like a 530 mile. She's she's running a under five flat 40. She's She's like the best football player we had in class, the best soccer player we had in class. Um, and, you know, when we were choosing teams, she was always the captain and always wanted to, I mean, she's, she's amazing. She absolutely, that whole program they got at Providence right now, it's super exciting to see what they're doing because they work incredibly hard. They're great kids. It's unbelievable. Um, do you think that they've got the abilities to go all the way this year? You know, well, I don't, I'm looking at the brackets and seeing who they have, um, right. you know, having beat, having disposed of, uh, of um, Duluth Marshall already and, and Neepkins. Um, I, I think that, that there is a possibility this team could, you know, um, New London Spicer, uh, Albany and Glencoe. Those are three tough teams. I mean, Mike Dreyer knows what he's doing with New London. I mean, you first, you so. can't, you can't ever count on a Mike Dreyer team. I mean, I mean he is the Dean of coaches in Minnesota girls basketball. And let me tell you, those kids play hard up there. They really do. And he's always got his teams. It seems like he's been in the state tournament a million times. All right. I think it's almost that number. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've watched him coach at like at the Sweet 16 up in St. Cloud and in the um, the summer. And he's an intense 
intense guy and his kids play very hard. Um, you know, and Connor gets is a young coach and, and, and he's doing a great job, but you can never count out somebody like a Glencoe Silver Lake. And, and I've seen Minnehaha play twice. I don't, did they, did they win their quarterfinals? No, the Minnehaha, Minnehaha got beat, um, by, uh, by Glencoe and the Monaghan sisters. Um, oh, okay. Others of their, you know, 80, uh, 58, 57. Minnie had a, uh, a 10 point halftime lead and, uh, Glencoe rallied in the second half. So they went down and like I said, and, and, you know, the Monahans, Maya in particular has gotten a lot of pubs. She's a terrific player. So, you know, and this, this speaks to why a uh, good reason why I'm having you on the quality of girls basketball in Minnesota. Um, has it ever been higher? You know, it was pretty high back when Taylor Hill was there. Uh, you know, there was a, a good group. And then you had like the era of Liz Dominic and Leslie Knight and Jamie Broback types of players coming through. It was high then. Um, I think Minnesota basketball on the boys and girls side is at an extremely high level. When you're talking the national championships, you could have Gonzaga and UConn playing for the national championships. And the two best players on those respective teams are from Minnesota. That speaks volumes to the level of basketball that's being played in the state. You know, Kerwin Walton's down in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and you've got, you got the kid from Rochester who's playing at Duke. All right. Matthew Hurt. And then, yeah. yeah. And then you go on. I looked on all these rosters. Like Lehigh had an amazing season. They got a team full of Minnesota kids. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and Marquette has a bunch of Minnesota girls. And Nebraska's got a bunch of Minnesota girls. And Iowa has a couple of Minnesota girls. I mean, I think personally, and I'm biased, of course, and I don't know what other states are like, but for, for where we are and our population, I think a tremendous amount of high basketball being played. You know, well, before we wrap things up, let me ask you, does um, that make it imperative uh, for a Lindsey Whalen to bring Minnesotans into the fold? Uh, I know that uh, the former coach at the, at the U of M didn't spend a whole lot of time, the women's coach didn't spend a whole lot of time recruiting Minnesota players. And there was the belief that she never connected with them and that she didn't really respect Minnesota basketball very well. Um, uh, Lindsay has got a few girls coming this year. She's got three big time juniors that she's right. got in Cara Braun, um, or Mara Braun, I'm sorry, um, Mallory Heyer and Nia Holloway. But uh, do you think that uh, it, it's imperative for uh, Lindsay to kind of you know, make hay every year with Minnesota kids? I think, I think it helps. I really do. I think if you're getting the kids, if you just get the top players from Minnesota every year, I think you're going to be you can get to the NCAA tournament. I really do. Um, I know this about college basketball. If you can recruit, you can be a great coach. All right. Gino Ariyama can flat out recruit everybody. What these coaches from Minnesota have to do in my humble es- estimation is try to get these kids that these other schools want, but it's a big, it's a big, you know, fence to climb because, you know, when you get the likes of Kansas or Kentucky or Duke on the, on the boys' side, or UConn, or Stanford, or South Carolina come in on the girls' side, that's very difficult to out-recruit. It's like, you know, trying to persuade a player from Minnesota who plays football not to go to Ohio State or Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's a tough sell. It really is. And these coaches are, are paid big money to, to, to win basketball games. 
The only way they're going to win basketball games is by getting the best players. Hopefully they're from Minnesota, but you've got to get the best players in the country to become the best program. I mean, Gino Ariama got Paige and he got AZ Fudd next year. They're going to be tough forever, right? As long as he's there, they're going to be really good. And that's why he's a great coach because he can attract these players to go to those. Lindsey and Ben Johnson have to get the best players, not only from Minnesota, but in the country in order to compete with the Indianas, the Michigans, and the Ohio States. What comes first in that, in that equation? Is it winning attracts the best players or getting the best players leads to winning? I mean, it's kind of a chicken or egg argument. What, what do you need first, the best players to win or do you need a, a, an aura, an era, um, an air of success to make players want to go there? Well, the way I look at it, if, if you're from someplace, um, you've got to sell the campus, you've got to sell the education, especially on the women's side. I really, I really do believe that. And if you're not very good, you've got to say, you can come in and change this place, change this culture. They'll hang your banner from the rafters if you come in here and take this team to the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16. All right. You go to these other places, there's going to be two or three McDonald's All Americans just like you. All right. So it, it, it better be a good education. It, it might not work out. The transfer portal has changed everything, it just has. I mean, I'm super excited for Jamison Battle, who's going to be going to the University of Minnesota. Uh, Amaya Battle's brother. Yep. And so, well, do you think that will have a, have an influence on where Amaya ends up? You know, I'm, you on the spot I'm, there. I'm telling you this right now. If Amaya Battle goes to the University of Minnesota, I'm buying season tickets yesterday. <laughs> right? I love that kid. And, she's fantastic uh, to watch. She's, she's a, a super she, nice kid, too. Oh, my God. I, she was like one of my daughter's best friends on the team last year. Uh, she's everybody's best friend. All right. Her mom and dad are amazing. Um, honestly, you know, and this is just my bias because if she's at the University of Minnesota, I get to watch her play on a daily basis. Right. Um, I would love to see her go there. And it's one thing if you're, if, if Stanford or Notre Dame or UConn are recruiting you, it's another thing if Illinois, Marquette, Wisconsin, those type. to me, you got to go apples to apples. You really do. Um, and I don't know exactly who's in her picture or who's recruiting or anything. I would just love to selfishly now, when I say this selfishly, I would love to see her at the University of Minnesota. I would buy season tickets yesterday. And I think playing with Mara Braun, who is just a competitor and a tremendous player. I mean, she really is. She went toes, you know, nose to nose with Paige last year. She really did. Mm -hmm. And better than just about anybody seen with the exception of like, uh, Lexi Zanarski from uh, she was from Wisconsin last year. She was playing playing at Iowa State. I think I think we've had a nice conversation here, Cause. Thanks for joining me. I think we're our time's about up. Is there anything else you want to uh, impart in some of your wisdom to uh, Minnesota basketball fans? Because we haven't heard from you in a while. Well, I just would like to say, you know, enjoy this season and be a sponge, absorb it all because you know you never know when it can end for you. And uh, I thank the State High School League for allowing the kids to play. Um, I, I miss all my coaches that I used to coach with, as well as um, the Kent Hamries of the world and the, the coaches that I used to coach against. I just, I just uh, miss a lot of those guys. Mark Cook, um, 
So I, I kind of wish that, uh, you know, I was out there competing against him and stuff and playing, but in this era of COVID, you know, uh, better them than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Kaz. I have a feeling that uh, you'll be back uh, coaching and fretting over uh, uh, what's going to happen in this game here very, very soon. I think we'll see you behind the bench soon. Thanks for being with us. I wish that, uh, if I could say one more thing, I, I wish uh, Coach Starks and Hopkins Royals good luck. I'm so proud of the job that she's done and uh, how the kids are playing. So I just want to end on that. So thanks so much for having me, James. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks for being here. Take care.